Grace and peace, brothers and sisters in Christ. Great opportunity we have to be together to praise this awesome God that we serve. Great song to sing before the lesson today. God is working through our songs and through our messages, through our prayers to uplift Him and praise Him above all. So very happy for you who may not know this Monday, the angels were rejoicing in heaven. Mario Ballesteros gave his life to the Lord this Monday, and we are so thankful for that, Mario. We'll have a prayer for you here at the end of services today also. But God bless you, and glad to be able to see that opportunity with Mr. Henry, and could God continue to bless you and your daughters who are here with us today also. Rainy and Lily, right? Okay, I got their names right. Correct. Okay, good. Very happy for that. Had a lot of stuff going on this week. You know, had a great time of rejoicing in that moment of seeing Mario give his life to the Lord. Had the 50 years of Robert and Rita this weekend, a great and encouraging moment of being to be with church family and, and celebrate that time together, being with the men's chili cookout the other evening and seeing that we're all here and we're not sick, we're all good. So that's also very good. No, it was very good. Everything was very good. No reason to be sick at all, really, okay? And then, uh, you know, with all those things going on this week, and we know that there's a, a lots of hard things going on as well, but I do want to take this time and say thank you for from Zhu on behalf of her family and you all. I know that you, if you had seen on the Facebook, she's already written a message to the church here. But we'll make sure we get that printed out so it can be up here at the building for you to read also. But uh, it's a song that I know that Tim likes to sing sometimes also. We're part of the family, God's family. And as you put in there, sometimes we laugh together and sometimes we cry. And we want to thank you so much for being with you at this time. Uh, the acts of kindness and prayers and calls and food made, brought and visits and and in every way that you've shown your love to her and for her to know that she does have a family here in Dangerfield and your example, your witness to her and our family uh, not only encourages us, but it encourages her family. She took pictures of the things and has been able to tell the, her family how much the church is praying for them as well there in Brazil. So I really do want to thank you for your prayers and, and that opportunity we have to see the church family in action uh, when these times and lives come. God bless you, each and every one of you. You know, thinking about life and thinking about things that happen in life, have you ever made your plans? You know, we're talking, we've been in James chapter 4 and 5 in my class a little bit already. You know, and it talks about you go and you make your plans, and if it is the Lord's will, we'll go and make our plans. But you know what? What happens when everything is going and you believe it's going well, just as the Lord happens, and then something unexpected happens? Now, what usually happens? Sometimes we cause a lot of anxiety, right? We're going through our life. We're seeing God's will being done. And then all of a sudden, something happens and we get thrown off. And we don't know what to do. And we maybe get a little bit concerned and anxious. God, what do you want me to do? What is going on at this very moment that's making me go through this? God, please help me. Is this working correctly? Okay, just want to make sure. Okay. God, please help me. And I want us to think about this morning, as Tim talked about his preaching in Hebrews, over the years he now can take more time to speak about those things that's on his heart and mind. There's a lady in the Bible that had something very unexpected, I'm sure, happened in her life. And when this happened, I want to see what perhaps she was going through and the things that she was dealing with as she was going through those things. And if you would turn with me in Matthew chapter 9, I'd just like to read the version from Matthew's gospel. Not Mark, Luke, and John's, but just Matthew's for the moment. And I want us to think about this, because a lot of times, if I ever talk about Jairus' daughter, there's always the story of the woman bleeding. 
And usually when you're doing that lesson, you'll preach about Jairus' daughter and then you put in something about the woman and then let it go right back to him. But I want us to focus on her this morning. But look what it says here in, here in Matthew chapter 9. In verse 20 starting here, it says this. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. Amen. Now, I want us to think about this woman a little bit and think about her life. Perhaps before this bleeding began, she may have been doing her work, her job. She had, we could see sometimes that she may have had some money as well. But imagine from one day to the next, some illness comes into your life and changes your world forever. And something that's going on that's changing our lives. And it may not be physically an illness, but it could be finances. It could be whatever it is in our lives that's going to try to throw us for a blow. This woman perhaps was going along with her life, living her life, doing the things that she planned for. And all of a sudden, this illness of bleeding came on her. And now perhaps, perhaps, remember at the beginning, perhaps I was just something's going to happen at the moment. And then here in a little bit, it'll be over. Now imagine 12 years, okay, going through that. And then we can start to see a little bit about what was happening with her. I want to share this. My cousin, my cousin, she's, she lives in Atlanta, Georgia, or a little bit north of Atlanta, okay? But she was going home from work one day, and as she was going down the stairs, she missed one step, okay? I'm not going to go down the steps because you know I might fall also, okay? See, Tim's already concerned, Okay? Well, she missed the step, rolled her ankle, and broke her foot. She had 12 screws put into her foot, okay? And she's been off of it for about three months so far. And now she's got to go through, you know, have her surgery done and, and things like that. And now she's going to be able to start trying to drive again here in a little bit. But before she can do that, she's going to have to put her foot on the pedal to be able to get to that, that muscle to be able to do that again. And you know how that recuperation process for anyone who's broken anything, okay? It takes time. But she's feeling anxious about that at that time, at this time also, because it was something unexpected, okay? And that's something that may happen to any of us at any time. Well, this woman here, in Matthew chapter 9 had something very unexpected happen to her. She began bleeding. And I don't know about you, if you've ever gone to give blood, okay, and you go and give blood. I had a friend of mine that came with, went with me to give blood one time. And as soon as they started putting that needle in, he turned green, okay? He turned green and he was already starting to pass out from the very moment that he saw the needle, okay? Now, much, very much imagine the blood. But when you go to give, someone, give blood, what usually happens after that? They want you to sit there. They want you to lay there a little back. <clears throat> and I know in Brazil, when I was giving blood afterwards, or even here, they'll give you a little snack and a little something to drink. Why do they do that? Because they understand that we've lost some blood, right? And we're needing to regain our strength. I want you to imagine this woman has the problem of bleeding for 12 years. What kind of strength do you believe that she still had? What kind of strength did she have physically going through that for 12 years? Now, I've had an instance where I was bleeding a lot this past year, and it takes it out of you. Man, it takes it out of you. And yet this woman for 12 years was suffering with this bleeding. And just like any of us would do, I'm sure, what does it say she did in Mark? In Mark it says that she spent all of her finances 
on doctors that could cure her to help her. Well, through that process of using all of her money, all of the doctors and all of those who were taking care of her trying to remedy what was going on, what was happening, it says that she became worse more than better. Well then, imagine this. Something unexpected in your happens in your life. Now it gets to worse. You've already did everything that you could physically. Now not only thinking about the physical condition of her, but think emotionally at this moment. 12 years of bleeding, 12 years of this happening, spending all of her finances, all that she had at that moment in that time. And not only that, think of her being isolated as being called unclean from the people. Maybe she had beforehand a good relationship with the people around her. And now that she was considered unclean, she may have been isolated from people. Emotionally, lonely, isolated, without any help, without any money. All of these things going on and are happening with her. Now, I don't know about you. I probably would have said, I give up. Man, I've just done everything I can. And I think that's what we're going to understand when Jesus is going to talk to her in a little bit. Because in some versions, it doesn't say say take heart. It says, don't give up hope. But I want us to look here, first of all, and I want us to think about something about this woman. I want us to see the strength that she had within her. Twelve years this is going on. Twelve years perhaps crying out for something to happen, something to happen in her life. And as she's sitting there in the roads, and probably while she was there where she was and she could hear the crowds, she may have been there begging, asking for money, asking for something just as the blind beggars were at other times. But as she is sitting there, and as Jairus daughter, as, as, as Jesus is on his way there, she hears the clamor. She hears the people walking. She says, what's going on? This Jesus is walking by. And then she starts to remember, she starts to hear, have heard some things about this Jesus. Now I want you to think about this, the strength from within her. The very first thing, even when she was there, she heard what was going on. She heard about Jesus. Many of you out there might be hurting today. And I hope that you have heard about Jesus. And if you have it, I want you to know that he loves you. Amen. And he wants you and he desires you with all of his heart, with everything within him. He desires that you be with him. But this woman at this time heard about Jesus. Not only did she hear about Jesus, she probably perhaps heard of what he had done. Just as Jairus' daughter, the ruler said, I know that you can cure my daughter because he understood Jesus' authority. This woman understood Jesus' authority over life and over death. And so what does she do? Does she say, with all of her complications and everything that she's going through, I'm just going to let Jesus pass by. I'm not going to do anything. Now, can you imagine after those 12 years, hearing that Jesus is walking by, she musters up all of that energy she has inside Abby. Everything that she has. I didn't call out Abby's name because she was doing wrong, okay? Okay, I just want y'all to know that. All of that time, she was in that moment doing that. She mustered up strength from within when she heard of Jesus. And she said, if I can just touch his cloak, 
If I can just touch his him, he can heal me. Now, I want us to imagine, remember, and thinking of this, how weak she must have been at that time. But she gave all that she had at that moment to go within that crowd that may have isolated her from Jesus and touch him. And what happens, it says, when she touched him, it says that when she touched him, immediately she was healed. Praise God. Immediately, she felt that. And I want us to think about that. She had such a faith that she was willing to give up and go through that crowd and give everything that she had so that she could touch Jesus. But not only did she do that, when she touched him, she felt the bleeding stop. Can you imagine that? Have you ever had one of those days where you go, you know, you, you're not feeling good, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're feeling better, and you're like, whoa, man, I feel so much better, okay? Maybe if you've had a big, huge headache, or if you've gone through some kind of problem, and you've been hurting a lot, and then all of a sudden, that pain just goes away, and it is such a relief, right? Imagine at that moment, the relief that she felt, wow, 12 years, and the bleeding stopped. Now, if the story ended there, that would be beautiful already, wouldn't it? Because it shows the woman's faith and it shows the things that she's gone through. And it shows that she, from the strength within her, even at her weakest time, she still musters strength to find and go to Jesus. And that's what we want people to know, that you can come to Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done and how you have sinned. God wants you to come to him. Amen. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his one and only son so that you may have life in his son. God loves you that much. But I want us to think about what did Jesus do at this moment? What did Jesus do when this happened? Now we see here in verse 22, it says Jesus turned and saw her and he said, take heart, daughter. But if you go in Mark and Luke... You can understand some of the situations and what was going on. The big crowd was coming as Jesus was walking along and she touched her, touched his hem of his, touched his cloak. And Jesus will say what? Who touched me? And Peter and the other disciples, how are we going to ever know? There's such a crowd around here. There's so many people around here. Everybody's pushing on you. Everybody's shoving you. All this multitude of people around here. How are you going to know if somebody touched you, Jesus? Is everybody touching you around you? And Jesus said, no, somebody touched me. Because he said he felt that power go out from him. That's the power of forgiveness that Jesus can touch you with also. Amen. Jesus wants to touch you with forgiveness. But this woman, now I want you to think about it. She has already shown great strength in what she has done. But Jesus, then what does he do? Calls her. And what did it say that the woman was full of at that time? Fear and trembling. Fear and trembling. Did Jesus want her to stay with that image of him? No way. Did she want to feel like she still wasn't good enough? No way. Did Jesus want to encourage her? Oh, yes. Jesus calls her 
And it says that she tells the, tells the whole truth. She says she tells it in front of him and the whole crowd that is around him. And then Jesus said those words that we've read earlier. Take heart, your faith has healed you. Why is that so important to us? We need to receive the encouragement of Jesus. When I gave my life to the Lord, I understood that my sins are forgiven. I was baptized into Christ. I had my sins washed away. What a glorious day that is. But then comes the next day and the next day and things in life. And I start thinking, am I really different? Does Jesus, does God really love me? Or am I really forgiven? Or have I just done, or, or am I just a mistake? No, Jesus is wanting to say every day, who am I? You touched me. You allowed me to come into your life. You know what one of the greatest things that we can know and understand is that we can go to Jesus about anything. But Jesus wants to come to you. He wants to know you. And Andre, he loves you. Frank, he loves you. All of us. We can go to Jesus, but he wants to come to us. And Jesus is saying to that girl, that lady at that moment, I would desire to know that I love you. And I have a relationship with you. Woman, go in peace. Isn't that what we need to hear? When Jesus said to all of those who said, do not let your hearts be anxious, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus loves us so much that he wants us to remember that. When we think and we talk about it, we talked about this morning, the patience of Job. And we think about his life and the things that he went through. And we think about Job when he lost his family. And you think about all the sores that he had on his body. It says that the dogs came up to lick him and they cut, cut the dead skin off with the glasses. Okay, Imagine the pain that Job was going through. And all those things and all that time. And when Job loses his family, except his wife. And Job loses all of his belongings. Even at that time, he says, Job will say this. The Lord gave and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1.21. Not only that, when Job and all this hurt that's going through in his life and he sees the things that are happening. When his wife comes to him and says, Job, curse God and die. And Job says, what shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive God and from God not receive evil? The bad things that happen in life. And when his friends came to him and said, Job, you've been doing wrong. You've been doing wrong. What you're going through is because you've done something wrong. Can you imagine this lady for 12 years bleeding and the people seeing her and they say, what kind of sin that she did that she deserved that? She didn't do anything. And Job's friends are saying, Job, it's all because of some kind of sin that this is happening to you. And then, not only his three friends, the younger one will come and say, you old guys, you've already talked, now I'm going to talk, and I'm really going to tell you, Job, why you're not, 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 you're not being healed. And then God will come along and say, none of you has said my will. But what did Job say to his friends at one moment? Talking about God, when he was overwhelmed, he says this, Though he slay me, yet I will trust in him. Job 13, verse 15. I think we can see that this lady was trusting in the power of Jesus. She knew the power of Jesus. She had the courage to go to him. But now Jesus said, I want you with what you've received. 
to have the courage and tell other people about it as well. Isn't that great to know that we can tell people about what Jesus has done in our lives? Have any of us sinned? Have any of us done something? Has anything done happened to us in our lives that while we can see that God totally and truly worked through that situation for his good? God, help me to be like Job. Help me to be like this woman that when I remember Jesus, I remember that I can go to Jesus. And not only that I can go to Jesus, but Jesus wants to come to me. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Not only that, the prodigal son, when the prodigal son, what happened to him in his life? When he said, I am eating here with the pigs and I'm eating the food of the pigs. He says, I'll go back to my dad, no longer as a son, but as a servant. And as he's going along back to his father, his father's running to him. And God is just like that to us. We're going to the father and God says, I'm running towards you, Wanda, because I love you. I love you. Well... When we think about these things this morning and all of those things in our lives, the only thing I want us to remember that whatever you're going through today, take heart. Take heart. Don't give up on hope, as he says in another version. Don't give up on hope. Take heart. Be strengthened in the Lord. Know that he loves you. Know that God is just. And say, God, with what you have done for me, help me to tell others about it as well. You know, there's a couple of songs from Lauren Daigle that some people know, Christian singer. She talks about the one, I will trust in you. And then she also says that one about you say. And I think a lot of times, baby, we feel like this. And so I wanted to read just a couple of lines from that song. It says this. You say I'm loved when I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong When I think I'm weak, you say I'm held when I'm falling short, when I don't belong. Oh, you say that I am yours and I believe. Oh, I believe what you say of me. I believe. God loves you for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whatever you're going through this morning, come to Jesus and he will come to you. And he will meet you there where you are and he will lift you up and he will let you know that you are forgiven and that you have received mercy when you give your life to him and obey his gospel and live the life for him each and every day. Come to Jesus because he wants to come to you. He's waiting for you. He's saying just as the Ananias said to Paul, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized and wash your sins, have your sins washed away. Acts twenty two sixteen. And for all of us who are in Christ this morning, and perhaps you felt, well, I've given my life to the Lord, but I still don't understand his love completely. I still feel like perhaps he doesn't love me. Jesus is saying to you, take heart. I love you. The father is saying, take heart. I love you. I sent my son for you. This morning, if you are in Christ, and you want us to pray for you, And say, man, Lord, church, I need your prayers. I don't feel loved, but I want you to know God loves you. And we want this church family to know, you want you to know that your church family loves you. This week I talked about the expressions of love happened to us when people found out what happened to Jew's mother. Whatever you're going through this morning, may we pray for you. This last week, Tim challenged us. 
to think about somebody, to write about that person, to show love to that person. One that we, somebody that was here, somebody that wasn't here, and somebody that we don't know. And I pray that this week that you've been able to do that in some form or fashion. And also this week, this week, as you look at each other, as we go together in prayer here in just a moment, may we continue praying for each other and knowing that God is with us. If you have any need this morning, come to Jesus. He wants to come to you. Let's stand and sing. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and His Son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D-F-I-E-L-D-C-O-C dot O-R-G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.